and welcome everyone to the very first episode of We Have to Go Back. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. And we are officially on island time. Woo! If you're not coming to this show through Let's Get Weirding, I'm Bo North, author and staff writer over at thespool.net. I'm also a co-host at Excessively Diverted. And uh, I'm a southern expat. I've been transplanted onto the west coast, so I talk about Portland a lot. And my pronouns are she, her. And I am Megan Sunday. I am also a staff writer at the spool. And professionally, I am an archivist, which is actually a thing. And it's not an archaeologist. Look it up. Uh, And I live on the East Coast. And I have a child who will come up a lot, much like Portland. My pronouns are also she, her. All right. And joining us today for our inaugural episode is one of our favorite people, She's one half of the amazing Kill by Kill podcast, associate editor over at The Spool, gifted novelist, and just one of the coolest, smartest people out there, Gina Radcliffe. Yay! Welcome, Gina! I'm overwhelmed. (laughs) Now, Gina, you were on, like, our first official episode of Let's Get Weirding, so we wanted to Mm -hmm. bring you back for this, the first episode of our new show, and especially because, Gina, you are... A rare unicorn. I mean, rare as a unicorn. You have never seen Lost. I, I have never. The very first time I watched Lost was about two hours ago. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just because it was such a, you know, pop culture moment. It oh, feels yeah. like it was kind of everywhere for a while. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those things that if you're not following it, it's like, if you're not following it, you have no idea what's happening. I, I mean, I, I, I knew it was about a plane crash. I know mm-hmm. some weird I know some weird shit went down. I I know that a lot of people were very unhappy about how it ended. I, I, <laughs> I maybe not necessarily not necessarily Game of Thrones level unhappy with how it ended, but pretty unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um and I know there's a lot of extraordinarily good looking people in it. <laughs> oh yeah. It, oh, so many. The the, yeah. the, the the cheekbones is just in these in these first two episodes I watched. Just, I'm just like <laughs> just marveling over the jawlines and the, 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 the profiles. Oh. It only gets it only gets worse. Oh yeah. The cheekbones, the jawlines, the abs. It only gets worse because uh, they just get so sweaty and so dirty. <laughs> as, one, as one would after surviving a plane crash. And I mean, they're eating lean. They're eating fish and foraging and friggin', you know, building, a, you know, working out in the on the island. So everyone yeah. gets extremely beautiful. Got to take those shirts off. A lot, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just lots of glistening bodies <laughs> show. And as people would often note at the time, none of the women ever need to shave. Nope. Any part of their bodies. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it's like that like, you know, the Walking Dead syndrome where like mm-hmm. their head their head hair grows long and luxurious, but but you know, not a single stray hair on the on the legs or the underarms. It's it's remarkable. Mm-mm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Uh... Meanwhile, we're all sitting in quarantine and just you know looking like cousin it. Oh, <laughs> some of us certainly are. <laughs> some of us being me. <laughs> I'm like cousin it if his head was a tennis ball instead of a a mop. <laughs> but uh, a little background on Lost before oh. we get into the pilot. So um... 2004. 
2004. What a time. What a it time. Was. <laughs> so this was interesting to me because really Lost, I wouldn't say it predates the internet. Obviously, it does not predate the internet. But it really came in at an early stage of mm-hmm. like everyone having the internet. Like face. Okay, so here here's my little background that I wrote up for you guys. 2004, the year of the Motorola Razor and the iPod Mini, the year Peter Jackson gave us the extended Lord of the Rings trilogy, Google launched its new email service by invitation only, and if you were at an Ivy League college, you could open your own account on a site called The Facebook, while the rest of the world could keep in touch with a new service called MySpace. ABC was at the time floundering in fourth place of television networks, and when ABC executive Lloyd Braun came up with the idea while on vacation in Hawaii to do a show that was sort of a Gilligan's Island meets Lord of the Flies concept. Now, he took this to the heads of ABC and the heads of Disney, which owned ABC at the time, and they kind of laughed him out of the room. So he kind of just went ahead and greenlit it anyway. <laughs> um, it. <laughs> yeah, gave it to J.J. Abrams, who actually, like, wasn't that involved with the series. Mm-hmm. J.J. Abrams actually had to leave pretty early on to go direct Mission Impossible 3, the movie that everyone remembers. <laughs> I, I don't remember a single thing about Mission Impossible 3. Mm-mm. But, um, yeah, so it was a... the At the time, it was the most expensive pilot ever ever filmed, ever produced. Uh, Bra- Brahm was actually forced out of ABC for greenlighting it. And, you know, he'd been gone for a while when it premiered and became a huge hit. So I guess he got the last laugh. So he kind of rescued a dying network with this show. And then other shows like Grey's Anatomy, um, Desperate Housewives came along after Lost. But this was very much like the vanguard of of the new era of ABC. Remember Desperate Housewives? Probably, yes. (laughs) Talk about something that was also huge and yet, like... Mm. Oh, right. Desperate I think Housewives. I saw like two episodes when it first premiered and yeah. beyond I I, I, I have a hard time the first thing about it. I have a hard time with those you know, everybody's terrible kind of shows. Huh. So, <laughs> yeah, that's not really my preferred cup of tea. <laughs> Luckily Lost has has some jewels. It does. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean I'm I'm already have given my heart and soul to Hurley, so uh, Oh, you've chosen wisely. Yeah. You've chosen very wisely. We'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have, have a little bit of happiness in this world. <laughs> uh God, yeah. This was such when you were talking about the internet, I used to talk about lost a lot on the forums on the now defunct television without pity mm-hmm uh, uh, r.i.p r.i.p yep. i would read all the recaps even though i'd watch the episode because it's like oh what are mm-hmm. we gonna uncover that i i don't know and yeah you know individual forums for all the characters and what did it yep. mean when this happened and oh my god what, what was this song cue about <laughs> and oh what now- a time now, I have a question for you, Megan. Mm-hmm. Did you play the ARG? No, because I just never had the patience for those. And I was in grad school. so. Oh, okay. Well, me, a college dropout, had plenty of time. So <laughs> I, I actually got heavily into the Lost ARG. It was, I thought, a very clever way to keep fans 
on the hook between season breaks because they did take pretty long oh, season so breaks, many. At, which at the time was kind of like unheard of. You mm-hmm. know, you'd have a season break. It would be like summertime, three months, boom, you're back on. But Lost could be got, could be off the air for like nine months yeah. before it came back. So they did have these like sort of elaborate alternate reality games that you could play. And I enjoyed those a lot because I love that <laughs> shit. <laughs> And I'm a huge nerd. Uh, and then so I, was, I was in a lot okay. of um, live journal communities about Lost so that we could watch along with the episodes and, you know, post gifts. Mm-hmm. Which, at the time, kids, you couldn't just press a button and choose a GIF. You had to, like, find it and add the code. Oh, my God. It was <laughs> such a pain in the ass. God, those days. And it's like, you know, like a picture of, like, you know, a baby dancing or something. And it's just like, <laughs> yes, I'm a computer programmer. You know, someone, for the finale, someone in the, the community made everyone, uh, like, user picks for your favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> so that everyone could have theirs like during the episode like are they still are they gonna make it Woohoo! <laughs> wait who was yours i i can't say because they are not on the show yet uh, okay gotcha okay well with that being said mm-hmm. so we're we're gonna discuss the episode but not really recap it because i feel like just to save time if you're listening to the show Lost is very accessible. It's all streaming on Hulu right now. We don't need to recap it, but we are going to talk about the first episode. So right off the bat, we get that title sequence, which I don't care. Like all these years later, I've seen every episode of the show several times. And all of these years later, that opening shot, that opening, like that, those white letters floating in that dark background, that eerie Mm -hmm. Twilight Zone theme music it's it still like kind of gets me still kind of gives me like a little ooh. it's i feel like i mean i don't know that he has any any hand in personally designing the the uh, title sequences but this seems to be a damon lindelof signature Mm. having you know you know very evocative title sequences like i know beth you and i are huge 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 fans of the leftovers oh yeah and that that is not that is not a, a title sequence that you skip over no it, it's extremely dramatic it, it really lets you know what kind of show you're getting into mm-hmm. and then it's very evocative yes yeah, and then of course there's also the title cards for watchmen which were yeah. all, which were very which were unique to every episode which was which was you know which was very you know a very interesting step that they took and- i love it when they do those sort of floating letters sort of you know each episode getting its own sort of it's very common it's very much in the comic book style right and it's very uh because carlton coos the other sort of creator showrunner uh mm-hmm. also did uh bates motel which had a similar sort of like this is the title of the show and that's the opening sequence like we're not getting a song we're not getting you know pictures mm-hmm. we're getting the sign lighting up and then you're watching bates well, motel i'm about to surprise you both mm-hmm. because abrams actually designed that title sequence that was his brainchild ah. and the music was his or uh, was his he chose that. that as well yeah so he wanted it to be sort of a twilight zone inspired thing well, and i it, i feel that a lot yeah. Yeah, yeah and then also the ending because i remember every week you know something's happening something's happening and then just lost you're like no Boom. <laughs> yeah, it's always that <laughs> that thunk damn you <laughs> no you won't do that to me <laughs> yeah 
Oh, man. So right it, away, we've got that. Oh, I'm sorry, Megan. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, it was also one of the first shows that I remember that would have the, you know, little previews for the next episode that were almost as bad as the ones for Mad Men, where it was like, <laughs> next week on Lost, oh my God, all these things happen. And it would just be like, people running, Kate yelling, yeah. <laughs> there's Claire. And you're like, that didn't tell me anything about Lost, <laughs> except that Lost will be on next week. <laughs> Like, come on and i'm gonna watch it yeah <laughs> there was there was a period in in sort of the first half of season three that i was like i'm done with this show i'm mm-hmm. quitting and then when i came because I, I was it, this was right after or i think during the writer strike and mm-hmm. then i came kind of came back into it at the end of season three and i was like oh my god this is like the best show in the world so <laughs> yeah it because that the writer's strike was what killed my interest in Heroes because I don't think mm-hmm. it ever found itself again. No. Um, and then with Lost, I know a friend of mine that I used to watch it with weekly because like started to lose interest because of the giant gaps that they would have. Like, you know, mm-hmm. these breaks where you'd watch two episodes and then it'd be a month before another one. Yeah. And then finally, yeah, he just gave up. He was like, I can't. You <laughs> yeah. know, they lost me entirely. And it was like, well, I'm holding okay. out. You know, now and now we're spoiled where you can just literally watch like an entire season in a day if you wanted to. Oh, I know. I wanted it to. It started to load up that third one and I was like, oh, no, I'll, I get, know. I'll get confused. I'll start same, like. Same, Megan. Same. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're just going to start the yeah. next one? I guess I have to stay right here. No, no. It, it is a, it is a, a master class in keeping the audience's attention. I will I will say that. <laughs> And, this, and, I would say that this pilot for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you were saying that it was at the time at least the uh, the most expensive pilot ever filmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can tell that in that plane crash that I saw from five different times from five different characters' perspectives. <laughs> yeah. I probably should have told you I am terrified of dying in a plane crash. Well, that <laughs> is actually. I'm glad you said that because. That's actually what I think Lost does so brilliantly in this pilot, at least, because as the show goes on, it's a lot less about the plane crash, Mm -hmm. but it really uses this very real fear that everyone has. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like anytime you, I don't care how, how many times you fly. I don't care how many times you've been on a plane, how comfortable you are when you're on a plane and you hit a patch of rough turbulence, you, your heart you know, does a little double thump. Yeah, you're, oh, you're, yeah. De- you're definitely thinking, I've had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people people use this as, you know, internet comedy fodder, but I have been on a flight that had the turbulence to where when we landed, everyone clapped. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I've been on that plane because we were flying back and it was just like, we landed and everyone was just like, yeah, pilots. Yeah. <laughs> Cap does we, live. I mean, Cap we does live. live. We live. Yeah. It's, so I think like, yeah, it's very effective in using that. And yeah, those scenes of the plane crashing of it, pulling apart, like I was texting Megan during while we were watching and I was like, this is still like so effective. It is mm-hmm. still so like 
thrilling but terrifying and just like i could feel well, my heart very, in the back seems, of my throat it yeah. seems very realistic mm-hmm. like i mean when the, the first like maybe 10 or 15 minutes i'm like oh someone's gonna get sucked into the engine ah. <laughs> I, and i was not i was not disappointed <laughs> okay so from there i'm just going to get back into sort of going over the this first episode we've got it doesn't start with the plane crash. We we mm-hmm. open up on someone's opening their eye. It's a man lying in this bamboo grove wearing a suit. And he, you hear something kind of rustling off screen and you're like, oh, what's going on? Why is this man laying in the middle of this, you know, all these trees? And and you see this dog come running out and it's like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets up and sort of like starts running, trying to find his way out of this grove of trees they're all very close together so it feels very like confining and then like you know there's one scene like he he runs past like a a white sneaker hanging from a tree which is to me like still sort of gets me it's like something Mm -hmm. that just doesn't belong it's like a bright white new (laughs) converse sneaker just hanging you know hanging from a tree it shouldn't be there um but he stumbles out into this clearing it's this beautiful beach white sands you know turquoise water just the most beautiful beach and then like everything's kind of calm and quiet and then slowly you start Mm -hmm. to hear like the Uh. sounds off screen and it is like to me like my i'm getting goosebumps right now (laughs) just talking about it just like having those sounds like slowly come into and then him like sort of turn and the frame shift to show like the wreckage the smoke the fire the people screaming and mm-hmm. stumbling around and uh yeah <laughs> so yeah. as far as like visual hooks go as far as like a an, an episode hook like this works oh yeah yeah it's because i think that it really also helps to un it, it emphasizes when everything starts to get very weird because it's already so weird. I mean, no one expects yeah. to be in a plane crash. You know, he's already, they've gone through this, everyone's, they've survived this plane crash. They're, they don't know where they are. They don't know what's going to happen. They're starting to try to figure that out. And then suddenly all this other weird stuff starts to happen. And it's like, wait, I thought we were still dealing with that plane crash. <laughs> like, I, what? It's now like, there's oh, this? This is, this, is, there's one, this is one of many problems they're experiencing. Yeah, exactly. And like mm-hmm. like Bo said, you know, it starts to become less about the plane crash because, well, there's other stuff going on. <laughs> I mean, there's these other elements that get added on and then there's the additional, like, sort of, sort of element of not knowing who anyone that you're stuck with really is. Mm-hmm not knowing if you can trust them not knowing like who they are if they're good people or not or, or not... if they or if they might eat you at some point right. <laughs> and that is a huge huge theme in lost is who are good people and who are bad people mm-hmm. um so right. right from the beginning it's just well we think this and but look at them and oof. well and, and it's it's very much about like it, it really messes with your perceptions because mm-hmm. they're characters you meet and you're like, oh, 
this is a good this is a good person this is someone that's helping this is someone that's innately good but then you find out no this person's actually was a criminal <laughs> being transported back to america or this person actually killed a guy before he got on the plane and this person was you know had a not so great job when he was in the military and this person <laughs> in a not so great yeah. military depending exactly. on what who you're talking who's watching the show right um but yeah and or they're doing heroin <laughs> right oh. so um yeah we should probably get into like our characters because we we finally like we've established the man on the beach running around his name is jack he's a doctor that's pretty much jack's thing he's got daddy issues and i don't remember when it gets necessarily spelled out so i don't think it's necessarily a spoiler but because also the good and the bad and everything means a lot in Lost, there was a lot mm. of this is the meaning of things. Jack's last name is Shepard. Yeah. I, I mean, I you can spoil for me if you want. Do the, is there some significance to his tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta guess yes. N- not That's really, the thing. but they devote an entire episode to it anyway. They devote okay. an entire horrible episode to it. And at the end of it, what you get from this episode is one time Jack got tattoos. Yeah. Okay. So there's like, there's no sort of significance to like the big five on his arm or anything that's like that. That's from Party of Five. Yeah. yeah. That's, oh, that's, well, okay. that's just his tattoo. Oh, that's the actor's real tattoo. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. The other one, the kind of like triangular, like tribal one, there's a whole episode about that. Okay. And it's really just, he went to like Indonesia and met Baling and yeah. she gave him a tattoo. I just feel like that, you know, they spent so much time, like, like, you know, kind of, you know, having it in the frame. That's like, this is significant. I and love how you honed in I on know. one of the more, like, annoying, Gina. dumb things that go nowhere in this show. Like, <laughs> Gina, I love you. You're amazing. I, mean, I will say that. I mean, that is the thing, like, we, you know, won't get too much into what people thought of like, the finale. It is one of those shows that, especially rewatching it, I could tell there's going to be a laundry list of things where I'm like, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Lost, we won't get into that quite yet. <laughs> Lost did suffer. This was something that I think was often, was always in the press because it was such a big show. Lost also suffered from the fact that a lot of its cast members started getting DUIs in Hawaii. Yeah. That's a problem. And a lot of times when that would happen, they would subsequently not be on the show anymore. Mm-hmm. So it kind of seemed for a while, like every three months, there was some other actor from Lost who had gotten arrested in Hawaii. And it was like, oh, no, what are they going to do now? <laughs> well, well yeah. I, I just I just assumed that, you know, a problem that it ran into was a problem with the I don't know if either of you ever watched the TV series based on Under the Dome, the Stephen King book. Part of it, yeah. Where Part of it, yeah. somehow, even though everybody was trapped under this dome, like even like you know a season or two later, there were still new characters showing up, and <laughs> and it's like, where are they coming from? Now, uh, I mean, I realize, I realize in Lost, there's a little playing around with with I I, I don't I'm not completely ignorant to yeah, what yeah. happens to it. I, I realize there's time shifts and and you know it's not entirely you know, what you think it is as far as its location. I, I get that, but I could see mm-hmm. where that might be, you know, aggravating to people that they still keep adding new characters as it goes along. 
Yeah, I do think at the time there were people who, whenever there would be some new revelation, it was like, really? Like, <laughs> uh, but I think they I'm did just a pretty good job that, with it. Yeah, I'm just amazed part. that Under the Dome went on more than one season, honestly. I know. I mean, it's a long <laughs> book, but it's not that long. It's a long book, but it but it takes place in like over like two weeks, maybe about that. Yeah. yeah. It's a very, it's I mean, a very like, like, you know, compact storyline. God, I hated the ending of that book so much. Anyway, <laughs> that is that's a that one's a cracker for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing that I think you could probably pick up from just the first the pilot of Lost is the fact that whenever you have a show that they hope will run for a long time and they have a kid in the cast, <laughs> you're going to have some issues with how time is supposed to be going on the show versus a little thing we like to call puberty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they deal with certain aspects like that i would say some better than others some mm-hmm. like, perhaps... like like the walking dead where they just, they just kill the shit out of carl <laughs> they're like yeah you're too tall now son look at you you might call it clumsily is how they handle some of these things some like you know it definitely has us i i like to think of lost this way it's the best of shows but when it's bad, it oh. is really the worst of shows. The aforementioned episode about a tattoo. There's an episode, you were speaking of new characters. Mm-hmm. There's an infamous episode where they suddenly produce two people and are like, hey, remember these favorite characters that everyone loves? Mm-hmm. These guys. And you're like, what? No, they spend a couple episodes but like, they still come to, out like, of nowhere. Sneak those characters in, and everyone's and everyone's like, "Who the hell are these two? And people hated it so much that they. I, I think it's probably one of the more brilliant ways that they handled it. But no, I I will still agree a waste of time <laughs> to that. But like, I'll just say for the record that one of the one of these characters is Rodrigo Santoro, who I'm sorry is not just blending into around. the background. Yeah. No one's yeah, going to no. be like, oh, where'd this beefcake come from? <laughs> yeah. Is he Scott or Steve? I don't know. <laughs> like, there's an entire, there's a lengthy musical sequence in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle devoted solely to him running in slow motion in a bathing suit. Like. <laughs> and you know what? I'll take it. It's fine. It's fantastic. <laughs> but it's like, why, of all people, just be like, oh, has that guy always been around? What, you didn't notice? <laughs> <laughs> The gold guy from 300. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't notice. Oh. Just only one of the most beautiful men out there. Like yeah, most is... of the cast have lost. I was going to say, I don't think there are any, any you know, wildly unattractive people on this show. But I mean, of course, that's usually the case for most television shows. But I feel like, you know, people were like getting on the plane and instead of like checking your boarding pass, I just made sure you were good looking enough to get on the plane. <laughs> By about the time that Boone got on the plane, someone should have said, okay, look, I need to look at this manifest. <laughs> oh, like, you oh, God's go. gift to humanity, Boone? Boone, that, that was his... That was his subtitle on his forum on Television Without Pity. I remember Boone, God's gift God's to humanity. Gift to humanity. <laughs> it's, like yeah. I, it's like I did not realize we we were we were flying everybody to the supermodel convention. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so who else do we meet besides Jack? We have Jack, Kate. Kate. Yes, Kate, who is our helpful little per you know, Kate, she just always gotta get in there and and be in the middle of stuff because god forbid if kate's oh my not god. involved in that, anything and i like i like kate 
I like Kate. I grow to like her more, but there are definitely times where they were thinking this character is so fantastic that if, you know, two people are having a conversation, they should be looking for Kate. How about Kate? (laughs) Here comes Kate. So, so what would you, before we go on, what do you think you guys, if you were in the lost averse, Ooh. What do you what do you think you'd be doing immediately following the plane crash? I mean, I'd be I'd be the one who gets sucked into the plane engine, so we don't need to worry <laughs> about me. So, but what do you think? What do you think you two would be doing? Uh, I would be standing and screaming like Shannon. I'd probably be filling my pockets with rocks because <laughs> I don't have sunblock and I don't like bugs and I am way too old and chubby to be just, hanging just, out on this island with all just, these gorgeous people just peacefully we're, just peacefully walk into the ocean exactly <laughs> we're calling yes. after you we're like no bo there's a sandals over there bo <laughs> she's gone <laughs> we crashed well remember we cra- me we crashed like 10 minutes ago she's already gone oh no i i like megan and i have established this in our other podcast like we don't do good I don't do good in any kind of wilderness or post-apocalyptic no. situations. Please don't involve me. I would rather just walk into the ocean and be shark food. Also, I wear glasses and I don't. Want yeah, to. Uh, yeah. If I'm not getting sucked into the the, the plane engine, people are going to steal my glasses. Like poor little poor little piggy and uh, yeah. flies and just use them to light fires and you know, just <laughs> knock me in the head with like a football-sized rock. <laughs> no, I I honestly don't know the answer to that question. Like in all seriousness, I have no idea. Oh, no. I'd like to think I would be helpful, but I mean, most likely I would just be completely I'd, useless. I'd probably just be like, I don't know what's happening now. Like I don't know, shoot my shot with Sawyer, and then I d- mean, I ditto with the pro- rocks in the ocean. Just be like, I think that he would he would probably be down for it oh i'm definitely <laughs> sure if i just walked up and was like hey the plane just crashed do you want to go in the woods yeah <laughs> we Hi. might we might die any minute any minute have you ever read anything by I'm, stephen king I this was is the say, time it kind of sounds like you've been reading my fan fiction megan <laughs> oh lost fan fiction what a time. i had i had a thing for sawyer i'm not gonna lie everyone had a thing for sawyer i mean well he's got that he's got that bad boy thing and, and uh. you know when you when you when you can't find any knives to cut things with you just rub his cheekbones against it <laughs> it'll just that slide. jawline whatever later cu- you'll learn whatever. that also his hip bones Oh, oh my boy. God. He's, one of, he's one of them. Yeah. One of them, they're Tyler Durdens, we call them. <laughs> and the sad part is, we all know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Sawyer, yeah. So Sawyer isn't actually named in the pilot. I don't even know that we see him in the first We episode. see him briefly, mm-hmm. but just as like as we scan over yeah. uh, everyone. Are I don't even key- know if he gets named even in the, pi- in the second part of the pilot, actually. I don't think he does. Actually, I think no. No, I think people... I think they. I think I think I remember someone referring to him as Sawyer. I okay. Think. Okay. Um, we've also got Charlie, who is our Dominic Monahan, our sweet little Hobbit, who who at the time was like the name. Yeah, he was one of the big names. Mm-hmm. Um, because this was, as we said, like Return of the King came out in what two thousand three. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this was right after the last Lord of the Rings movie. Yep. 
So uh, we had Dominic Monaghan, who Charlie, playing Charlie Pace, who is an, uh, a musician <laughs> who played in like a 90s alt-rock band. Where, where drive Dominic, Shaft. Drive Shaft. Yes. Great name. You all, everybody. Great song. Best song on the internet. Everyone download it. Yep. Um, no, it's horrible. Please don't. Um, but he's one of those people that like at face value, this is, you know, a sweet little nerdy music boy. But no, he is actually a heroin addict and a total mm-hmm. fucking mess. Oh, such um, a mess. We've got uh, Saeed, Naveen Andrews, who is also one of... Actually, I, I read, and this is interesting to me, this part was written for Nave- Naveen Andrews. I'll take that. I'll accept it. Yeah. Sure, why not? I'll set aside the fact that he's not Middle Eastern. He's English, yeah. Yeah, of Indian descent, I believe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, okay. We're still doing better than a lot of situations. Yeah. Um, he's <laughs> it, not we're a not white quite guy. Emma Stone playing an Asian person. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're not quite there. Lost did a pretty good job of having some diversity in the cast. The problem mm-hmm. being that a lot of the you know characters that were diverse were more side characters, except for a mm-hmm. few exceptions. And yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's like a lesser thing, but it is just the sort of, I don't know, you get, you kind of get the idea that someone somewhere at ABC was like, I don't know, he's brown. <laughs> right? That's fine, right? Right. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> that's just my own personal, like, soapbox thing. Like, the entire time I watched this show, I was always just like, but he's, you know, there are people from like, Iraq and. It's like, like you, could, you could try. You could just, you could just try. Just you try. Just throw some feelers out there, guys. As much as right. I love you, Naveen. <laughs> and I do. He's a very good looking man. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's great on the show. Like, yeah. Saeed is one of those characters that even when he is at his worst, I would still take a bullet for Saeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he always gets the best whenever we get, uh, like, flashbacks to everyone's life before the island. He always gets, like, that great, like, slicked back hair to show mm-hmm. you that it's not the island. So it's always just like, oh, wait. <laughs> or in Saeed. season four when it's very beautifully blow-dried. Oh, yeah. He's got it, was... like, blow-dried straight. <laughs> and you're like, I'll take it. I'm like, like okay, hi. Fine. He <laughs> should have had to? the puffiest hair by about day three of that <laughs> undoubtedly humid tropical island (laughs) yeah uh so we have michael yep and his son walt michael played by harold perrineau who was just off of oz i believe Mm -hmm. yes but a A lot lot of of people will know him from romeo and juliet where he played mercutio oh so good aka the best part of that movie the very best 100 percent Mm-hmm. Uh, that that and that and and, and John Leguizamo's best. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> His ten-year-old son Walt. Yes, he's not nine. He's ten because Michael doesn't know that because uh, <laughs> he's one of them. Their parents, <laughs> right? Um, we've got Shannon and Boone, who are brother and sister. Mm-hmm. We'll later find out they're actually stepbrother and sister. But I feel like it's important to just get that out there now. They're not actually related. <laughs> Which is good because they've got a lot of angry sexual tension between them. They sure do, Gina. Yes, Gina. <laughs> G- Gina they, they sure do. do. 
<laughs> I actually, and this is funny because Shannon is one of those characters that everyone hated so much. Oh my god! But like, what watching this now, I'm like, I think Shannon might be my favorite. Like, she says exactly what I'm thinking, and I was telling Megan, like, I think she might be my id. Like, my <laughs> id is this very like pink and girly sort of, you know, drinking and sexy monster. And, and I'm okay I, with it. And she, more than anyone else that I was saying this to you, Bo, was she is 2004. Mm-hmm. The little short flouncy skirt, the chandelier earrings, just like the you know pink gloss and just everything. Because she was based on Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of the issue is because they crafted Shannon to have everyone hate her. God, yeah. rem- God remember when like, Everything was based on Paris Hilton. Just remember, it's 2004, man. Remember when Kim I... Kardashian just, like, organized her clothes? <laughs> <laughs> That's who we have to thank for where we are now. Paris Hilton was actually on a great episode of Supernatural and uh, got beheaded. It was oh. really fun. <laughs> she dies. She's in, what is she in? House of Wax? House of Wax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She gets a pipe right through the noggin. And she's in uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, Repo the Genetic Opera, where her face falls off. I thought you were going to say she's one of my favorites, the hottie and the naughty. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, she is in, I think she's very good in Repo the Genetic Opera. Um, If you have not seen it, uh, I don't know if I should suggest it to you, people. Yeah, I'm not Um, not putting my hat in this ring. I like it very much, (laughs) but that's just me. (laughs) um but we yeah so i think they just they handcrafted shannon to be sort of hated and especially compared to boone who is just so like blue-eyed and you know long lashes and he's gonna go get jack some pens yeah like i'm Um, boone i hate boone (laughs) like watching this now I absolutely hate Boone so much. Oh my god! I mean, he's very pretty. To, he's very pretty to look at. He like, is very. Ian like, Summerholder so, is not ugly. He, no. like, I, he, he makes me uncomfortable because he seems like he shouldn't exist. Yeah, like I enjoyed him very much on the Vampire Diaries, but he. Where was I never playing... understood why there was a, a problem. I know. I was just, like, uh, uh, Elena. No, no, no. What are you doing? No. Yeah. Mm. Stefan, who? No. Mm-mm. But, <laughs> like, that was a very different character than Boone. Yes, Boone yes. is just, I don't know. He's sort of the Shannon, actually. <laughs> he is sort of the Shannon on that show. God, I think I'm a mean girl. <laughs> I'm learning so much about myself through loss. Um, we also meet Hurley, who I no. don't think is named in the first no. episode. No. Maybe not even in this. Oh, no. yeah. Not until the second episode, um, when he introduces himself to Saeed. Yeah. Yeah, this is our Hurley. His name's Hugo Reyes. He is a Mexican-American. He is a big, sweet, just, you know, you just want to hug him every time you see him. Wonderful head of curls. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He is the biggest sweetheart. Absolutely the best character on Mm -hmm. the show. He 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 gives extra food to a pregnant lady, as he should. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and said pregnant lady. Claire. Claire. Yes. Who's our next one? Uh, Emily DeRaven, who I knew from Roswell. Mm-hmm. I knew from Brick. I think uh, I'd seen Brick. Brick. Yeah. 
and that uh, Robert Pattinson movie that ends at 9-11. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> that cause, movie. Cause... Remember Me or whatever? Remember oh, Me, yeah. yeah. God. She's the love interest that. in that. Uh, Everyone I, hates that movie. What I, a think shit I, movie. I, I think I missed that one. Oh, that's the big twist ending of that movie. Is he, he dies to, in nine eleven? He goes to have a meeting with his estranged father at his office building, and because he wants zoom- to get his life together, he's in love. He wants a love. job. He's going to turn his life around. Then they cut to his sister in her classroom, where her teacher is writing, "Good morning. Today is." <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> I was watching that. I was like, fuck you, movie. Oh, <laughs> Masterful. Choke on the hot dog. <laughs> it zooms out to him in the office and it's in, yeah, the World Trade Center. And then it cuts to the classroom and you go, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like 2006. We remember. We know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I feel like in 2020, they might have to have the literal spelling out like mm-hmm. scene for you know the youth who haven't had like that kind of you know Experience. as part of their consciousness yeah but whenever that movie did come out it was literally like 2005 or 2006 where it was just like Mm-mm. it wasn't long yeah no <laughs> come on <laughs> but yeah she was an alien on roswell like almost everyone was <laughs> she's um, a bad girl alien Claire doesn't get she doesn't get a whole lot to do right away. No, or, she's it's just, just going to be a lot, just being pregnant is mostly Claire's jam for I would say the first half of this season well, till kind of about season three. Yeah, <laughs> like um, I'll be fair, poor Claire. I like Claire. She mm-hmm. does get a lot of good character development going on, but mm-hmm. for the first good few seasons, it's just I'm Claire, I'm pregnant, and then I'm Claire, I have a baby. Hello. <laughs> you mean a baby? A baby, my baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, we meet Sun and Jin, who oh. are a beautiful Korean couple, married couple. Um, they are not named in the first two episodes, but uh, that is their names. And yeah. it's Daniel Day Kim, who is uh, one of the most beautiful men oh ever god. alive. Walking again, cheekbones. My god, his yeah. son is on TikTok. And did some TikTok video, like some funny dance Very video cute. with their family, which was wonderful. And then at the end, like his dad was the last one. And I was like, "Would you can't just out of nowhere <laughs> be like, and my father, <laughs> Daniel Dickham. My father, this gorgeous, gorgeous man. But Sun and Jin are an interesting couple. There seems to be some, you know, he's another one of those people that is not quite what he seems to be on the surface. They yes. see, he seems to be very angry and controlling. And I, I was talking to Megan about this the other day, and I feel like a lot of this is total fear. It's coming from total fear because we'll see, like, in their episodes, Sun and Jen each get an episode this season. Like, there's some reason for that there. But also, you've just been in a plane crash. You're stranded somewhere you don't know where you are mm-hmm. and you don't speak the same language as anyone else like that has got to be a terrifying situation so it's like he comes across as this very controlling very mean sort of person but he s- spends all this time like preparing food to feed the other people <laughs> on the island so obviously like there's more going on there than what we're seeing 
Which is true, but it's also he does that circled with snapping at his wife for mm-hmm. having one button on her sweater set undone mm-hmm. and then smacking her hand away when she's trying to help with the urchins. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, all right, Jen. Yeah, I mean, he's got some growing to do, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to get to our last one, Locke, who is not named <laughs> in the first two episodes, but his name is, are you ready for this? Oh. John Locke. <laughs> yeah, played by Terry O'Quinn. You will, he is not the first person on the show named after philosopher. You're going to see that. Nor will he be the last. A lot. Uh, yeah, I, that's exactly what I meant. He's not going to uh, be yeah. the last person. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, there'll, there'll be quite a few. So oh he, just, seems, uh, he, just, he seems pretty chill about the whole the whole affair. Um, yeah, he's actually, and this is another thing about him that's kind of interesting in my notes, is that he sort of is the only one that seems actually kind of happy to be mm-hmm. there, like. And you could take that at face value, like he survived. There's definitely more going on there, but. Just in this first two episodes, like, Locke kind of sets himself up as a very, like, mysterious sort of guru type character, I would say. Yeah, I'd forgotten how just stone cold weird he is. Mm-hmm. These first few episodes. Just, yeah, I mean, know, he's, he's, basically, he's basically introduced with the whole, like, smiling with the orange slice in his mouth thing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, at the end where he's just sort of like, hello, hi, kid. <laughs> Do you know about... I- good and evil and games it's like whoa, whoa. I, I do like i did like the line where the kids like like oh my mom died a couple weeks ago and lots like you had you're having a bad month yeah <laughs> i actually love that a lot because he's not trying to talk down to walt he's That's trying true, to yeah. like i want you to feel like you can talk to me like i don't want you to feel like i'm dismissing you mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like i'm not gonna overdo it and be like super you know oh my god because i don't know you yeah, he's Locke. I mean, there's oh, there's so much. <laughs> I mean, I I fucking love Locke. And Gina, I really <laughs> hope that if you decide to keep watching the show, I really hope that you will at least watch until Locke's episode because it's a corker. Oh, boy. It is amazing. It's one of the greatest episodes of television. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you can tweet me if you want. I don't care. I'm going to be agree. on record here. One of the best episodes. I think it's like episode four, Walkabout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's his. Yeah, but definitely. I mean, it's two more episodes. Gina, you should watch it. I, I think I can manage that. <laughs> I am indeed a very busy woman while I have not left my house low these past three months. But I think, <laughs> but I, think I could squeeze in two more episodes of television. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things that is great about Lost is it's world building because yes. there's so much stuff that they they did a great job of having made up things that are real to everyone in that universe so like mm-hmm. f- restaurants and food items and tv shows you know even stuff like charlie's band where everyone like people have heard of it yeah they don't remember it very fondly either but <laughs> you know, they remember it it's a bit oh. like uh for those of you that watch breaking bad it's a bit like los pollos hermanos stuff like that mm-hmm. and yeah. like alias had a lot of stuff like that too mm-hmm. uh you know because again jj once Abrams. upon a time uh, oh once upon a time <laughs> david andrews was on, oh he was on the spinoff yeah he was on once upon a time in wonderland yeah he played jafar which he did thank thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Jafar should always be sexy. So in this episode, I think the one thing that we really saw was someone has an Apollo bar. I think it's yes. Boone. Yes, we okay. will see Apollo bars a lot. Oh, yeah. In this show, the so candy of Lost. <laughs> Get used to it. You know, the first night on the island, there is some some noise. You can see trees being knocked down as something very large is making its way through the through the jungle. You know, everyone sort of stops, looks up, is like, oh, what's that? Oh, it is like it's effective. It's creepy. Um, later, when Jack and Kate and Charlie go to find the cockpit of the plane and the pilot, I guess we should probably get into the whole thing with the pilot, too. <laughs> Well, the, uh, we, so far, I, I, I just want to stick us to our body count. Yeah. In the pilot, it's just engine guy. Guy gets blown into the engine. That's the mm -hmm. first person we specifically see die. I'm so sure, far. you know. Yeah. yeah. Just for, and for the purposes of keeping it simple, our, we're going to do a weekly body count, people that die on Lost, and we are just sticking to on-screen deaths. I'm not going to count all of the people that die in the plane crash. <laughs> Because I don't have an accurate number. I'm sure if we go to like Lostpedia, they have all that information. But yeah, I'm not. But for our purposes down. for this episode, yeah. so far we're at one. Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, Jack and Kate and Charlie go to find the transceiver. They find it. They also find the pilot who is Greg Gruberg. Hello, J.J. <laughs> Abrams' best friend. Just throwing him in. Just throwing him in. Hey, Greg, you got a couple <laughs> days. You want to go yeah. to Hawaii? Just fuck off in Hawaii for a few days? Die horribly on screen? <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. So, one of the big things that happens in the second part of the pilot is that, well, so we find out that the dog that Jack saw is Walt's dog, Vincent. Mm -hmm. He's very much alive. He's very much alive. Jack informs Michael of this, uh, which I kind of think they might have brought that up earlier. I mean, I know a lot of stuff was going on, but also like a you know, Yellow Lab was just walking around in the jungle. <laughs> yeah. But uh, while Walt is in the jungle looking for Vincent, he finds a pair of handcuffs. And we don't know who they belong to, although so, we did get some, a pretty strong visual hint in the first episode. I was going to say, mm -hmm. some, either that or some kinky shit is going down. Yeah, someone <laughs> just packed them. They just came. All kinds of stuff has fallen out of those suitcases. <laughs> There's one thing I've learned from reading Stephen King's The Langoliers is that people will bring their kinky shit on planes. <laughs> they certainly will. <laughs> they decide that they want to find the transceiver of the plane, which will be in the nose in the cockpit of the plane. Mm -hmm. And Kate thinks she knows where it landed. And she and Jack are going to go. And Charlie just kind of invites himself along. <laughs> Because he doesn't he want to sit a, around. He's a, little, he has, he's, he's a little bit like a puppy dog. He really needs a, a, approval. He has his reasons. But he has also, his reasons, but also, I mean, he's got to keep mean, moving. He's, he's, you how know. long did Dominique, Dominic Monaghan and Evangeline Lilly date? Like, weren't they engaged at some yeah, point they were during engaged the making for a while. of the show? Mm -hmm. Talk about, I mean, that is not a couple I would have put together. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> But, you know, everyone's got their thing. I mean, he he's a cutie. She's, you know, one of the most beautiful women ever, but whatever. Eventually, she'll be an entirely pointless character mm -hmm. in a subsequent Tolkien franchise. Yeah. Uh, God, that's right. She was. Good <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> thank God, thank God for, for Wasp Woman. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. 
so they go to find the cockpit. They do. Yeah. And that's where they meet Greg Gunberg, who also his big thing is really just to tell them that when the plane crashed, they were a thousand miles off off route. Yeah. So when the flight, which I should probably state, if you don't know, Oceanic 815, mm-hmm. it's going to get brought up a lot. And numbers are very big in this show. Everything yes. has significance. So mm-hmm. Oceanic 815 um, was a thousand miles off course. So who, when it didn't show up in L.A., when they're going to send a search party, it's not going to be anywhere near where they are. Yeah. So uh, that's bad news. Very <laughs> yeah, bad news. That's, that's a bummer. That's, you know, not ideal. Not ideal. <laughs> uh, this is also the scene where we get Charlie's flashback and learn that he was snorting heroin uh, on the plane. And he was in the bathroom when the plane crashed. And it was going to flush his, his drugs because the uh, flight attendants were on to him. Mm-hmm. The same flight attendant who earlier gave Jack more booze. Yeah. But, you know, didn't like the dude of the shakes a, a few rows down. So he has gone with them to the cockpit primarily to go and try to find his heroin. One thing I do love about the show is it's like all the little stuff that goes on because isn't because Jack was in first class. Mm hmm. Jack was in first class and then was moving back because he was trying to go to the bathroom. And then when the turbulence hit, sat down in like business class, which is probably the reason that, you know, Jack is still with us today. Because <laughs> I don't know if yeah, they ever mentioned so. who else was in first class, but I, I don't think first class made it. Shannon and Boone did say that. They were supposed to be in first class, but they, they were, were another two. They yeah. also weren't. So she was kind of upset and crying about that and was like, you know, the the man that wouldn't let us sit in first class saved our life. Mm-hmm. And Boone responds with, stop being so useless. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Although to be, okay. And again, I know we said we weren't going to do spoilers, but I will also point out that subsequent to them not being able to get into first class in the airport, Saeed mm-hmm. asked Shannon to watch his bag, to which she went to a guard and said, a brown guy asked me to watch this bag. Yeah. It's so. not great, okay? <laughs> I said she was my id, not my ego. Okay. <laughs> I just... Uh, poor Saeed's lucky he got on that plane. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, was he? I mean, Was he, though? <laughs> uh, it works out. Uh, no? Okay. I don't know. It's lost, people. <laughs> like, everything that you could possibly say, you're going, wait, wait. Oh. Uh, and then something really terrible happens they hear the stomping and the noises again mm-hmm. uh and this time what appears to be some kind of smoky monster yanks greg grump you see the smoke okay yanks greg grumberg out of the plane yeah just right out there he goes and then you see a nice effective blood splash on the on the windows and mm-hmm. that is uh, the end of Greg Grimberg. So, Bye, Greg, Greg, we hardly knew ye. Episode two is kind of interesting. It's where we get into like the meat and potatoes of what loss is going to be. Like episode one focuses so much on the immediacy of the crash, mm-hmm. like just trying to sort of triage everyone and you know gather everyone together. Like, hey, you know, we survived. What next? sort of thing and this like episode two is able to sort of get more into it it introduces a bit more mystery yeah um one of the things they have to do is 
in order to get the transceiver to work, they need to get to higher ground. So there's like a hike is kind of organized uh, with Kate, Saeed, uh, Boone and Shannon, Sawyer and Charlie. I believe that's everyone. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. And let me tell you guys, watching this hike, I'm like, that is freaking exertion right there. And Shannon is doing Shins all of this in, in sandals. Yes. Yeah. She's in freaking sandals. <laughs> like, give it up for Shannon for a second. <laughs> Maybe she's got, like, really long toenails. I don't know. Prior to this is when we find out that uh, Saeed, Saeed has, like, a big fight with Sawyer because, mm-hmm. you know, he's Sawyer. They found the handcuffs and in the in the jungle. One of the passengers was a federal marshal. He was transporting a prisoner. Nobody knows who it is. And I love any kind of premise like this. Like one of us mm-hmm. is a is a bad guy and nobody knows who. Like anytime you have anything like that, I am down. I want to like a, an Orient Express kind of deal. Yes, sign me up. Uh, Sawyer, of course, is saying that it was Saeed because, you know. He's kind of uh, racist, yeah. He's a big Southern racist. And, you know, uh, then it is later revealed that uh, Saeed does tell Hurley that he was in the army and he says he was in the Republican Guard, which means that he was on the Iraq side of the Gulf War. Um, but I like that, that Hurley just kind of is like, oh, well, yeah. right, but now we're on an island. So, you know <laughs> what, man? Like. You know, it was funny because in 2003, um, we invaded Afghanistan. So it was kind of a big deal that um, it was either Afghanistan or Iraq in 2003. It must have been Iraq because this was right around 2004 is when the whole like Abu Ghraib thing came out. Yeah. Um, One of America's finest moments. Yeah. (laughs) Not great, guys. Um like this character being so well received was kind of a big yeah. deal at the time because mm-hmm. people like didn't seem to care that he was <laughs> the, a, a Republican guard. He was just, you know, he's Saeed and people kind of loved him. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a big deal. Really quick. Just, just as when Jin makes a uh, sea urchin for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurley refuses it, which I don't know if he would. Yeah. It seems a little rude, but you know, it's early days. He just, he's still recovering. Yeah. Hurley is definitely that guy who, if you burn lasagna and you're, he's at your house, he's going to eat, like, two plates of it and be like, mmm. Yeah. It's good, he's really. so great. <laughs> yeah. I love the crunchy bits. Exactly. <laughs> um, Claire does eat some, and that gets her baby kicking again, which is just a big, an important moment, because that's sort of been her only plot point up until now, has been that she cannot feel the baby kicking. Yeah. And now he is, because he loves sushi. <laughs> and... I don't know if we mentioned, but Claire is heavily pregnant. Eight yes, months. Eight months. Which, mm-hmm. why was she on a plane? Yeah. And also, like... A like, transatlantic flight. A, a part of the plane exploded, and she landed on her stomach. <laughs> and somehow she is fine. The In baby's the fine. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to say, Gina, because it's that kind of show... He's a special baby. Oh, is he a special baby? Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of those in this just, show. Yeah. A couple does, special does, does babies. The baby, does the baby, like, you know, point knowingly at someone with a little grave expression on his face? No, I mean, he's just sort of a baby, but, yeah. like, he has There's greater a big significance. To do. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But he himself There's... is just kind of a kid who's like, hello, you know, I'm a, I'm a small child. I, I'm a baby. Yeah. yeah. I'm a baby. <laughs> 
it's kind of great because it's what it like later when there is the actual baby it is definitely just those scenes with a baby and shows where all these dramatic things are happening and this little baby is just like yeah i'm just a baby just doing baby stuff yeah (laughs) (laughs) things are on fire and claire's crying and this little baby actor is just like hello i'm blowing bubbles this yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what's going on hi I do like the part when she's trying to get Jin to touch her stomach and he's just like, ah! <laughs> I think he he's very freaked out. But then when he feels that he's like, holy crap. Well, and he's like, no, 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 this is not, this is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's, he doesn't know that lady. Mm-mm. <laughs> I mean, come on, Claire, that is a little, mu- some people cannot handle a kicking baby because babies I mean, move I- a lot. It's I just little, can't handle little, touching it, a pregnant belly. It's honestly. a little weird. It's a little weird. And by eight months, that kid is in there like doing whole flips, just like, "Hey, like, I'm awake." Woo, like you might actually woo. not not to gross you out though, but you might actually like see like a foot, like oh, yeah. kind of like yeah, poking I've heard. out. Yeah, little, little elbow. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what they're doing in there. It, it's beautiful and horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you both have great kids, so I'll assume <laughs> it's you. all worth it. <laughs> I will say Claire, Claire, remarkably unswollen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in it's any almost capacity. like it's a big fake belly, but anyway. <laughs> well, that's always the problem. That's the problem with pregnancy and anything, is that unless it being a quote-unquote like troubled pregnancy or them complaining about it or part of the, the script, they're just, you know, a regular person with a big fake belly. Uh, unless it's a show where the carrot where the person the actor is pregnant and then they work the pregnancy into the show like brooklyn 99 did that last season so like that character was like just like visibly actually pregnant like oh yeah she's swollen up (laughs) those are my favorite when they write it in but the timing doesn't work because at least (laughs) twice on the soap opera passions and on charmed They had characters who where the actresses were pregnant, so they got the characters <laughs> pregnant, and they would had lots of scenes with them doing the old like you know giant handbag behind yeah. the counter, and then the <laughs> character got pregnant, and then suddenly they were walking around with like at least a five month bump, just like oh my god. So I found out I was pregnant last Wednesday. Those of you <laughs> who are not coming to the show through our other show, let's get weirding. Just for people. Be prepared. We're going to talk about NBC's passions a lot. It I happens. loved passions. We both did. It happens. I'm not sorry. You're just going to have to get used to it. I mean, we all know that the best part of podcasts, particularly podcasts that have a very specific subject, is when the hosts go off on tangents that have nothing to do with the subject. Absolute digressions. <laughs> we never do that. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the I think at one point on Kill by Kill, a, a show ostensibly dedicated to slasher movies, we got on a subject. We got on a uh, on a tip talking about the 1997 domestic drama, The Ice Storm. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, that is its own kind of horror, which does not, I... which does not involve anybody, you know, you know going on a murderous rampage, but it is. It, it is <laughs> bleak and horrifying in its own way right Gina, i told like 15 minutes worth of anecdotes about julian sands movies <laughs> the last time i was on kill by kill but 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 we were talking about a julian sands movie, but i wasn't though. talking about the one we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> he never showed up on lost and that's a real shame it's it is right that in is his a, wheelhouse i mean with his cheekbones i mean 
<laughs> alone. Okay, let's play a game really quick before we get to the rest of the episode. Gina, yeah. name someone and we'll tell you if they were on Lost. Ooh, yeah. Um, here we go. I'm thinking very cheekbone oriented. No, just anybody. Name an actor you like and I'll tell you if they were yeah. on Lost. Actor or actress. Um, yeah. Michael Shannon. No. No. Really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Ed Asner. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> No, Ed Asner is coming out of the woods. How Pick you more doing? character actor. There's a, there are so many character actors that show up on the show. Like, it's it's amazing. Is yeah. it like Law and Order level character actors? Yes. yes. Think, think wow. on that lines. Think yeah. of some of those. Oh God, uh, Idris Elba. I, I hey, Gina, he's an A-lister. <laughs> no, he was on The Office. That's true. That's true. He did do The and, Office. And he would have been on, on Law & Order around this time, 2004, maybe, around there. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. My mind is reeling. Just, just... Well, okay, so we'll do... Let's see. I'm trying to think of a couple that... Oh, I can throw a couple out at you. I can throw a couple out. And this yeah, isn't spoilers, because I'm not saying who they play. Okay. Precisely. MC Ganey. Yep. Okay. Clancy Brown. Yep. Whoa. Is he a smoke? Um, is he a smoke monster? Because he should be. No. No. Does he Titus voice? A, does he voice a smoke? Does he voice a smoke monster? No, he does no. not. <laughs> Andrew Divoff. The from Wishmaster. Mm-hmm. That seems means something right. to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh God, there's so many. Um, Allison Janney. Yep. Uh, I, I'm curious as to when she shows up. Kevin Fi- Kevin Feige. Uh oh, Jeff Fahey. Is that who you meant to say? No. Oh no, Kevin Feige. Okay, yeah, no, Jeff Fahey. Jeff Fahey, yeah. Yeah. Uh that may or may not have been the aforementioned sexual Sick. power. <laughs> yes. I mean the it's Jeff power Fahey. Of Jeff Fahey. He's, he's gonna have his shirt open. Just get you. Oh my god! Again, keeping in the theme of, of cheekbones. <laughs> he so does too. Like ever, I think I won't get into who he plays or anything, but in circumstances where you wouldn't think a shirt could be open, yeah, his is somehow. Yeah, you're like, oh, we've got sure. Mich- Michelle Rodriguez. Yep. Jeremy Davies. Yep. Whatever happened to that guy? Um, he's still acting. He was on Justified for a bunch of seasons. Yeah. It was really good. He was on he was American on that, Gods. That I, vi- very famous Hannibal. I mean, that was a while ago now. I always, yeah. thought, I always thought he should have had Edward Norton's career. No, I could see that. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your social worker in that horse? <laughs> Fuck, I love Hannibal. <laughs> uh, oh, Nestor Carbonell. Yeah, he's a he's kind of a bigger player in this. Yeah, yeah. Which some then of you might remember also... from Veronica's uh, Closet. Yes, Veronica's uh, Closet. <laughs> he also is on uh, Bates Motel. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's a quite a big character on Bates Motel. There'll be other people that pop up from time yeah. to time that I'm sure I'll be surprised when they come around. Yeah, eventually like, you oh. realize that everyone's been on Lost. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to name off a bunch because I just... Okay. Here we go. So we got Allison Janney, Clancy Brown, John Hawks. 
Mm-hmm. I was, yes. I'm surprised you don't remember. You, you didn't remember him. I I remember head. now. I remember now. Lance Reddick. Yeah. Katie Segal. Cheech Marin. Fisher Stevens. Michael Cudlitz, who you might remember from Band of Aforementioned Band of Brothers. Rob McElhaney. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. DJ Qualls. Uh, yeah. Zoe Bell. Yep. Just a f- just to name a few. So I have to assume like there's a. I mean, I, I, I again, I'm not completely ignorant. But there's like a lot of like flashbacks and stuff. I'm assuming these people are yeah. like one or two yeah. episodes in a pre-plane crash sequence. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because I mean, you know, if Allison Janney shows up on my island, I'm like, we're saved. She looks like <laughs> she knows what she's doing. <laughs> I, I, I'm I not giving anything away. No. <laughs> just... Or not. I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she, I just get that, you know, you seem capable vibe from her. Sure. That's true. No, I, I could, yeah. Oh, Billy D. Williams shows up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Nathan Fillion. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's Remember? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I do now. <laughs> oh yeah, God. so some great, great, great guest stars. Uh, pop up on this show from time to time but okay back to the episode we're starting to ramble and run on now um so this is this is a very big deal uh, because they get to the top of the mountain finally and they're able to get some bars on the transceiver but they have to use it quick because it doesn't have very much battery life yeah and they can't get a signal out because there's already a signal like just, I guess there could only be one signal at a time. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how signals work. <laughs> um, and it is in French. And yeah. it's important to note that there. Again, we've talked about how numbers are important. There are two simultaneous like things going. They're not simultaneous, but they're in the same like loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a message by a woman speaking French that mm-hmm. is repeating the same thing. It's on a loop, and then there, in between the loops, are numbers, which Saeed realizes are how many iterations of this message have been sent out. Yeah. So immediately upon hearing the message, um, they think, thank God, someone, someone's coming for us. They hear us who speaks French. Luckily, Shannon's there. Shannon speaks some French and, um, is able to translate the message. Should I read the message? Yes. Yes. Cause it's creepy. Yeah. It's very creepy. It's this is such a great scene. So it is, the mes- yeah, I, I, this was gripping. One would say. Yeah, <laughs> the message reads or, or says, "Please help me. Please come get me. I'm alone now. I'm on the island alone. Please, someone come. The others, they're dead. It killed them. It killed them all. And that has been playing on a loop for sixteen years and months, several months, and yeah, and like days. three months. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, around the same time that Shannon manages to translate it is when Saeed does the math and realizes how long that meet that was. Yeah. Um, so n- no one is actually coming for them. Nope. And we also, oh, we did miss that while they're walking through the woods, uh, Sawyer kills a polar bear. Yeah, they hear a, a big rustling. They think this is the same thing we saw in the jungle last night. It must be coming for us. Everyone runs away. Shannon hilariously says, I shouldn't have come on the hike! And then runs away. <laughs> um, 
and Sawyer just kind of stands there because poor baby, poor sweet self-loathing Sawyer just wants to die more than anything in the oh, world. Oh yeah, if that polar bear had torn him to pieces, he'd have been like, "Yep." He would have been like, "Thank you." He would have. Yeah. He would have been like that one vampire in Twilight at the end that just says, Aww. "Finally." Marius. As he's ripped to pieces. Best scene in the in all of those movies. <laughs> anyway, we also talk about Twilight a lot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um Yeah, so that is uh he shoots it. It's a bear, it's a polar bear. Um, which should not be on a tropical island. I like that they have to keep moving so no one really has enough time to stop and go, that's a polar bear. Mm-hmm. They're just like, that's not okay. That's where I believe someone asks where it came from, and Sawyer says, "I don't know, Bear Village." Yeah, yeah I, like, I like the lines. Like it's like polar bears aren't aren't this far south. Well, they are. Now. This one is. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to say? There. Sawyer is. really does get the best one-liners. He does. I also like when they're like, well, "Why do you have a gun?" And he's like, "Well, I took it from the marshal, <laughs> obviously." How do you know he's a marshal? Because he had a little badge that I also took. Because it's yeah. cool. He's got I, light I, fingers. So we'll say that. Not, oh yeah. He's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I just saw, if I was in a plane crash and I, I saw a, a U.S. Marshal badge, I'm like, yoink, mine now. So mm-hmm. important to note, Jack has not gone on the hike. He has stayed behind with the Marshal, who is gravely injured. He has a piece of shrapnel lodged in his abdomen, which Jack has not wanted to mo- remove because he was hoping that they would be at a hospital by this point. Now he's kind of has no choice but has to sort of do this, like, emergency operation on this guy in the middle. Uh, With Hurley, who immediately faints. Um, So Hurley is of no help at all. But the marshal does wake up towards the end and grabs Jack. He, like, grabs his shirt and says, where is she? So this is our first indication of who the criminal Mm -hmm. is. And who is it, Bo? It's Kate. It's dun, Kate. Dun, yeah, we dun, get dun. we get a flashback of them on the plane too. Yes. He just you know, being an asshole because that's what U.S. Marshals do apparently. This is very much a a, a instance of a uh, hunter being sort of. This is sort of a Hannibal thing where he's sort of like repulsed by, but also kind of in love with his prey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been looking for, her and it's just like, oh, you finally caught you. It's like, you're the longest relationship I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, sort of thing. It's it's kind of gross, but, you know, it, it does show, like, when the plane starts to go down. This scene, to me, like, with Kate's little flashback, when it starts to go down, he gets knocked on the noggin. She is able to get the keys out of his pocket and take her cuffs off, but the first thing she does, like, she puts her own mask on and then puts his on. So... You know, this is telling us, like, Kate might be a criminal, but she's not a bad person. Yeah. Right. right. I, thought that, I thought that was a, uh, a, a honestly, a, a, a nice touch. Because mm-hmm. I like that there's a couple, there's a couple beats, like, because it takes her forever to be able to get her own because she can't reach it with the way mm-hmm. she's cuffed to the, the seat. Uh, and then when she finally gets hers, she does, there's that sort of side glance where she's like, uh, damn it like i cannot be that person mm-hmm. who lets this guy not have his oxygen yeah so i will do it i guess we didn't really have any unique world building stuff to this episode yet we'll get uh, more into well, that one of the things that did come up uh is 
so books are a big part of this show as mm-hmm. well. There's always something that someone's reading. Uh, there's a lot of scenes and flashbacks with someone reading a book in the background. And that was a huge thing on the internet at the time, mm-hmm. which was just, oh my God, such and such a person had this book on that shelf. Like, what does that mean? What's that book about? <laughs> and sometimes it meant something. And sometimes it was just like, I don't know, like Memoirs of a Geisha was really popular. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> 2004. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was this one. It is a comic book that Walt is reading. Uh, it is a Green Lantern that is in it's the green lantern in the flash because mm-hmm. wow there's two guys you want to read about i suppose <laughs> yeah. my bag uh my husband's gonna be very disappointed in me um <laughs> but it's in spanish uh and this is uh, also undercuts that michael does not know anything about his son because he's like oh you read spanish he's like no <laughs> He also says, when we get home, I'll get you another dog, which is the absolute oh. wrongest thing to say. But anyway, enough about Michael. No, the the epi- the issue of uh, Green Lantern and Flash is called Faster Friends 1 and 2. And I looked it up. It does carry some themes of mistaken identity. It features two characters who hate each other at first, uh, but eventually become good friends. They have this this duality of friend and enemy and brother against brother and man of science, man of faith. Well, that's a big <laughs> it's, one. It's going to be a theme that's yep. repeated throughout the entire run of this show. I mean, from this episode to the very last episode. Mm-hmm. And yes. it has polar bears. And it has polar bears. Yeah. So that's that. No other books this episode, but we nope. will be discussing... Books featured in the episodes for in future uh, installments and what they might mean as far as the plot of the episode or, and the story as a whole. You better start, better start a wiki to keep, uh, keep track of all that. <laughs> oh, there is already an extensive oh, yeah. wi- wiki. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know. It is it's, uh, very intense Yeah, <laughs> uh, wiki. It's up there with the Star Wars one and like the Stargate ones. Yeah. Um. um I think this might be our only one of our few no no death episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was not a body count, body count zero, cumulative body count at this point is two. Except for that bear. I mean, I'm not gonna count the bear. I could, I suppose. <laughs> it's technically a body. Uh, but there are gonna be I... so many bodies piling up at some point. And I will say on second watch, um, nitpick that for 13 million that bear close-up oh yeah didn't handle a lot of the effects just keep in mind it was 2004 oh for sure but it's just when they did that close-up to show us that it was a polar bear it was kind of like oh we didn't need the face yeah it was very very much a puppet bear yeah Yeah. that that plane crash those plane crash scenes are pretty good oh yeah that's where they spent the money very effective that matthew fox from what i understand yeah um they yeah and this is also when uh Locke meets walt Mm -hmm. and they play well he's going to teach him backgammon and we get a little you know the white the black the they good, light the, evil, the dark, the light, dark, the dark, and the light like, side. Like, yep, yeah, we know. Okay, it's like it's like it's like I'm recovered from a plane crash. Lock, I don't need this heavy shit right now. <laughs> I'm ten. It, it I'm is ten. <laughs> it is a bit heavy-handed, but uh, one of my favorite aspects, especially of season one, is the sort of bond that Walt and Locke have. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. I think it's interesting and I, you know, I don't want to get too much into where it goes, but yeah. And and the backgammon scene, I feel like is pretty effective, pretty creepy, even if it is a bit heavy handed. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. So that's, that wraps up the first two episodes, pilot one and two. To me, to this day, one of the best pilots of any TV show ever. Mm-hmm. Like, super effective, super, like, thrilling. I don't necessarily want to say scary, but definitely I thrilling. Think it's a, I think it's a little scary. Um, yeah, it has, it has some yeah. scary moments. But, Gina, then, you're, mm-hmm. the, you're the horror expert here, so I, I really want to know, like, your thoughts. Well, like I said, I mean, I, you're not that anybody particularly is eager about the idea of dying in a plane crash, but, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I don't like flying. I, I tend to think worst case scenarios. And, and I think that this was probably one of the most realistic that I would imagine. I mean, again, I've never been in a plane crash, but I imagine this would be what it's like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was very, very intense. And, and, you know, and I think that you, there was some, some you know, a surprising amount of gore for 2004 mm-hmm. network, network television. Like when yeah. the, when they found the pilot who just kind of been like dropped on top of a tree and he looked like he'd been skinned, and I was like, I was like, this is on network. This was <laughs> on ABC. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I realized yeah. all bets were all bets were off when they started airing Hannibal, but that was like like a decade later. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was very surprised at how much blood there was, how how you know in, in, intense the action was. So yeah, I think it, you know it was definitely creepy, and that that whole scene with the. Um, with them, we'll see. The message was, you know, kind of set up like, you know, you know, creeping dread. They they mm-hmm. did it very well. Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes back. It's I wouldn't say it's an element that's super consistent in the show, but definitely in the first seasons, you get a lot of moments of this sort of creeping dread and oh, what does this mean? And yeah, <laughs> you know, things like that. It does happen. So. I'm really would be interested to see now. Is this something you think you would want to continue watching? Yeah, I mean, I would certainly be down for at least watching the first season. Yeah, awesome. Because okay. yeah. we would love to have you back. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have to have you back for the finale, so you can we can uh, round out the, <laughs> the I'm season. Down. I'm down for that. Pencil man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anybody else scheduled so far who's not seen it before, or is everybody? Else I think pretty... you might be the first. Wow. Yeah, everyone else was. <laughs> I, I swear to you, they I, was already not, had... I, I was not deliberately avoiding it. I just didn't really fall on my oh, radar at the time. No, I totally yeah. get that. Yeah, I totally get that. There are shows I do that with where I'm just like completely in the dark about because I just can't be. <laughs> I'm just like, I'll watch it eventually and never get around to it. Yeah, exactly. I have a yeah. very long list of that. So, yeah. <laughs> But no, everyone pretty much already knew what episodes they wanted to be oh, wow. on. Okay. Yeah. I know um, future guest Brian Skinner said I want to be on all the Charlie episodes (laughs) so (laughs) yeah and and for me it was I have such a relationship with the show because as I said like it came it started when I was in grad school and it was really the only show that I watched because the rest of the time I was at work or doing schoolwork Mm -hmm. or drinking (laughs) and yeah, like, so it was, like, the one thing where it was, like, every Wednesday, yeah. I'm watching Lost. Like, this is what's happening. And in circumstances when I couldn't watch it live, like, the, back in the day, you had to go on iTunes and buy it, you know, three mm. days later, and just try to avoid the internet <laughs> in any capacity until right. then. 
And yeah, so uh, Lost. I just can't remember another show around the same time. Like if I think about it, if I looked at a list, I could probably go, oh yeah. Yeah. And there was a whole like slate of them that started after Lost that were also desperately trying to be the next Lost. Right after X-Files, the same thing, you know, where it was suddenly like, we can do a creepy show too. Yeah, and, and none of them actually, you know, you never come close. They no. always end up. I think, like, Flash Forward was the most glaring one. <laughs> the event, I think, was another one. Uh-huh. I mean, I barely remember these. There was something with, I think, a lake monster. Mm, I think you're right. But that I was also just... going for kind of, like, government cover-up. Is mm-hmm. a mystery? Is it a monster? What is it? Kind of thing. Sure. Uh, but, yeah. And so... And it amazes me that Lost is not something that is still part of the conversation, as it were. I guess there's so much else now. I mean, we've... Yeah, um, we're really inundated with really good television. I mean, there's so... If you want to watch something really good TV, I mean, it's super easy. It's not like it was back in 2004 when you had to wait till Wednesday night to watch this one Mm -hmm. show. Or, or, like, I watched this, and I think at the time, Carnival might have still been airing on HBO. So I was like... I was watching that on Sunday nights and then lost. I was actually going through a divorce at the time when this came out. And I, I was just... too. Oh my God. <laughs> Crazy. You got divorced in two. Th- I got divorced in 2003 actually. So it was shortly after my divorce. I had moved, um, you know, away and was living like next to my childhood best friend. Like we had a little duplex that we lived on either side of and, would come over like every Wednesday and watch Lost and then every Sunday watch mm-hmm. Carnival. So it was like for me it was very much like a just something I needed at the time. Yeah. It also lo- something to lose myself in. It also overlapped. I just checked with uh, Six Feet Under, which for me was another. So I had mm. two. I had another, Lost another and then Six Feet Under. Television. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I tell you clearly when this is over, we need to do a, a three person podcast on Carnival that only four <laughs> people will listen to. But that's I okay. Mean, I... You know, they're the four coolest people. That's true. <laughs> Carnival was great and deserved a second season or a, um, a third, third season. season. Yeah. yeah. So it deserved a real ending. But I'm glad, you know, as we all know, I mean, Clancy Brown's still working. So. Yeah. That's what Susie on Lost. And Clancy, yes. and Clancy Brown, I'm proud to say, is fucking woke. Oh, I love Oh, my God. <laughs> as if I could not have loved him more. Yeah, it turns out that he's, like, super woke and, you know, speaks Cl- out for... Clancy, Clancy Brown and Ron Perlman, famously villainous, scary-looking dudes who are, you know, lovely and woke. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think that will wrap us up for this episode. Gina, we want you to plug away. Plug, tell everyone where they can find you. Well, I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast in which we talk about horror movies, uh, focusing on the characters and the odd little details behind the scenes and in the backgrounds. Uh, You can just look for us on Kill by Kill uh, on iTunes and Spotify. I am also a writer and associate editor at The Spool. I write about movies and television there. And you can find me on Twitter under Porcelain72, usually talking to to Bo and Megan. (laughs) Often tagging Megan on on pictures of the Mothman statue. Yay! I'm so excited that it's become America's favorite statue. I mean, all of our other statues are super problematic, so... 
not Mothman. Mo- Mothman, he he can heal this nation. <laughs> He's just got to bring us all together. He is the real hero of our republic, Mothman. I saw a, a someone wanted was saying that you know they should just replace all the racist statues with local cryptids. But West Virginia would have two really cool ones, and I don't think that's fair. Because they'd have the Mothman statue, and if they had a Flatwoods Monster statue, like, unfair. My hometown had a lizard man, so... Nice. Yeah. Always good. Always a good one. Yeah, I got the Jersey Devil. She a boring... That's not boring. That'd be a creepy statue. No, the Jersey Devil's cool. Don't make it look like that stupid X-Files where it was, like, Sasquatch. Well, yeah, no, he's got to have, like, the the goat's feet and all. Oh, the long face. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that picture. <laughs> uh, I find that picture so unsettling because someone was like, oh, this is based on a thing I saw on my like roof. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm going out and look at the cows at 4 a.m. No, thank I'm you. I'm leaving New Jersey at that point. <laughs> oh, you can't trust New Jersey. There's Zach Braff's everywhere. You absolutely cannot. <laughs> uh, and you can find us. Let's get weirding. That's our mm-hmm. other show. If you want to, we are uh, discussing Frank Herbert's Dune chapter by chapter. If that is something you're interested in, we just finished the first book. Only took us like a year and a half, but we did it. <laughs> Woohoo! It's a big book. It Dense. is. It's Dense a big novel. old book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also have another show called Excessively Diverted Modern Classics on Screen. Where me and the wonderful Sammy C, who will be on the show at some point, uh, we discuss modern takes, modern films based on classic literature. Your clueless is your oh brother, where art thou's, what have you. It's very good. Yes. <laughs> and so is Kill by Kill. Five stars. Thank you. <laughs> I have no other podcast except this, and let's get weirding. But uh, as I said, up top i also write for the spool and i am on twitter at mp sunday where i'm usually talking about mothman (laughs) so just mothman and julian sands all day (laughs) all day that's what you'd use to summon me as that meme went well until we come up with a better outro we will say good (laughs) night thank you everyone we'll see you back next time everyone say bye Bye. (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like waiting (laughs) we are professionals (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.